It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network and Radio.com present Locked On Today. Opening day was better than last year, but still had its issues. The latest with the COVID-19 outbreak on the Washington Nationals. Plus, how do you replace Roy Williams? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Opening day for Major League Baseball lets us know a couple different things. First, it means baseball is back. Second, it means summer is right around the corner. And yet, there is this Paul hanging over the season the same way there was last year when we opened in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. Joining me now, Gabrielle Starr from Locked on Red Sox. And the Red Sox open tonight or today with uh, their opening day. This has already been an opening day that has been affected by the coronavirus. And at least the season is starting relatively on time, right? So how different does it feel now than it did a year ago when baseball was trying to figure this out on this, this wildly compressed timeline? Well, for starters, I have to say it's really encouraging to see how low the COVID numbers are for Major League Baseball. You know, the testing is just, we've come a long way from last year. We know a lot more. Sadly, we know a lot more because we've been dealing with this for about 13, 14 months now in the United Mm -hmm. States. But I will say, you know, the Red Sox were rained out for their Thursday opening day. So they had to push it to today. And the Nationals and Mets also got postponed, but because the Nationals have multiple players who've tested positive. But overall, just really you know, trying to focus on the positives that it's April and we have baseball back because it just felt so weird last year. The thing that I set my kind of life clock to every single year, I just didn't have. And I remember writing about that last year saying, we don't know how long this is going to go on. And I went back and read what I wrote for last year on the opening day that we didn't have March 26, 2020. And it was just so crazy to me thinking back on the whole year of, you know, we didn't end up having baseball till July. And then the season was only 60 games long. And here we are now. And we're, we're just, you know, we're about a week later than we usually would have been or a couple days later than we usually would have been for the start. But um, we're getting an 162 game season. So I couldn't really ask for more than that. It's Schrodinger's COVID test. Um, and and <laughs> League Baseball has it under control, you know, in, in, in as much as anyone has it under control, right? Because unfortunately, this is not something that that anyone really has much control over uh, right now. So I, I did want to ask you about the Red Sox specifically. Um, th- this is going to be um, at least a full season. But this is still a team trying to find its identity. So what are you looking for early on from Boston? 
I think the biggest litmus test for this team is the pitching. Obviously, the starting rotation, Eduardo Rodriguez was supposed to get the opening day start today, um, and he had COVID last year. He ended up with viral myocarditis, wasn't able to pitch the entire year, spent a really long time rehabbing, a really slow recovery. And everyone was super excited for him to get the start today just because of the meaning behind that, that nod. And he was scratched from the start because uh, he's got a little bit of dead arm. He seems to be doing okay. He actually threw at Fenway the other day and threw about a 25-pitch bullpen session with the pitching staff. But he's just not ready. Um, And between him and Chris Sale, who is rehabbing from Tommy John, you know, you're missing two of the marquee players in your rotation. And for a team that won its 2018 World Series largely based on the prowess of its starting rotation and the good fortune to have a healthy rotation for most of that season – the last two seasons of kind of random AAA arms and random low budget free agent signings with high ERAs, how this team's pitching rotation does to start the first month or two of the season will really be the indicator of how well this team does because they have the offensive power. They have JD Martinez, Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers. They added Kike Hernandez, Bobby Dahlbeck led MLB in spring training with home runs. The bat power isn't the problem for this team. The problem is the pitching. And so however well or not great the pitching is for the first couple months will really kind of make or break this season for them. Coming up, we dive into the latest with the COVID-19 outbreak on the Washington Nationals. That's next. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. MLB's opening day had a little bit of everything and our locked on MLB hosts were there to react to it all. What's going on, Bucko Nation? It's your host of Locked On Pirates, Ethan Smith. How we doing today? The Pittsburgh Pirates picked up a big 5-3 victory over the Chicago Cubs. Don't put up the W's, put up the L over there in Wrigley Field. Key Brian Hayes had a home run in his first at-bat. You can go find that reaction at Locked On Pirates for me. Might break your eardrum, so make sure you turn the volume down. But Key Brian Hayes started his Rookie of the Year campaign strong with a home run in his first at-bat of the season. The Cubs walked us 11 times. We left 15 runners in scoring position, but it didn't matter in the end. We got enough runs, held Anthony Rizzo, Javi Baez, Contreras, and Bryant to just one hit over the entire game and two hit them. So the relievers look really fun. Check me out at Locked On Pirates for all of your Pittsburgh Pirate needs as the Pittsburgh Pirates, the undefeated Pittsburgh Pirates are 1-0 on the year with 161 games to go. So let's go, Bucks! Raise the Jolly Roger and have a great day. What's up, everybody? Lucas Smith, St. Louis Cardinals mega fan, host of the Locked On Cardinals podcast here, talking to you after an 11-6 win for the Redbirds over Cincinnati on opening day. A lot of things went right for St. Louis today. Dylan Carlson starting off his Rookie of the Year campaign with a three-run shot. Tyler O'Neill looking to prove all the doubters wrong with a two-run shot of his own offense. Came out in a big 
way. Paul Goldschmidt also hitting the ball over 100 miles an hour in all five of his at-bats today. He looks locked in, ready to go. Nolan Arenado also with a couple hits and an RBI in his Cardinal debut. One of the only negatives was Jack Flaherty. I'm not concerned because we've got the lights-out bullpen coming in behind him. Uh, shutout baseball for the bullpen. No earned runs today for that Cardinal pen. Lots of good things. Lots of question marks. Seem to have short-term answers at least for St. Louis Season is a marathon, though, 162. We'll see how the rest goes, but lots of good things. I'll have more thoughts on my podcast, Locked on Cardinals. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a great day. What's up, guys? Javier Reyes of Locked On Padres celebrating an opening day victory, a very exciting opening day victory over the Arizona Diamondbacks by a score of 8-7. to You Darvish, not a great start from him. Looked a little bit erratic at times, and should he have been taken out? I actually don't think he should have. I know he ended up giving up that big home run, but I think he was still looked okay overall. And honestly, biggest impression of in general opening day, a lot of bad starts from a lot of aces, so he wasn't the only one. You know, uh, Luis Castillo of the Reds, Jack Flaherty of the Cardinals, everybody was kind of all over the place today so not a great day for number one pitchers but indeed remember it is only game one of 162 but still was very fun seeing Eric Hosmer yet again just like last year having a great opening day game with three RBIs and one solo home run Will Myers had a home run which was great hopefully those guys can keep up the pace but like I said it's only game one of 162 but hopefully it's one of many more to come Wow, that was one heck of a win for the Angels on opening day. They have not done this since 2013, and it has been a long time coming for the Angels, and that was just the perfect game to start off the season. Had a very tough matchup against the Chicago White Sox, a team that looks to be one of the better teams in the American League this year. Lucas Giolito looked awesome on the mound, and after he left the game with the lead, the White Sox trotted out their extremely good and talented relievers all of their guys throwing 95 plus miles per hour and didn't face the angels they come back win the game and it was exhilarating it was fun to see it was just an all-around awesome game whether it was mike trout having a game tying single in the eighth inning or him and anthony rendon getting on base a ton against some very talented pitchers or max stassi hitting a home run, hitting other hard-hit baseballs, and throwing out a runner behind the plate. Justin Upton showing some resurgence after a down season last year, had an 11-pitch walk later in the game that basically fueled the go-ahead run scoring, and then they hand it off to the bullpen, where Rysel Iglesias comes in, shuts it down in the ninth. So just an awesome game for the Angels all around, starting from Dylan Bundy at the very beginning, all the way to the end of the game, and this was just an awesome start to the season for the Angels. That's what happened yesterday. Here's what to look for today. MLB season is underway, and there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. The Baltimore Orioles were supposed to play at Fenway Park for opening day, but Mother Nature had other plans. They kick off their season against the Boston Red Sox at 210 Eastern. The bet online line for that game is Baltimore plus 153, and the over-under for runs is 9.5. The 2020 NL Cy Young winner Trevor Bauer takes the mound for the L.A. Dodgers tonight at 840 Eastern against the Colorado Rockies. The bet online line is L.A. minus 1.5. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on to get that 50% welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. 
Here is another story you need to know. It was supposed to be opening day in baseball, and it was for a lot of teams, but it wasn't for the New York Mets and the Washington Nationals because of a positive COVID test and a handful of staff and players who were in contact tracing. Joining me now from Locked On Nationals, Josh Neighbors. And Josh, MLB, they just went through this. Baseball just had the shortened season. They just played. They they crowned a champion, and now they're back at it in in this environment. How confident are you that they have this figured out moving forward? I'm pretty confident. Uh, you know, the Nationals, I just talked about the other day, they actually haven't had too many COVID issues. Last season, they didn't have many. They had one false positive from one Soto in the beginning of the season. So I'm pretty confident this year that they should should be good to go. Um, this is just unfortunate. I think the travel schedule was a bit not to my liking, just because I think they should have come back from sc- spring training sooner. Uh, GM Mike Rizzo said that he doesn't believe any Nationals actually broke protocol when they, you know, in, in the last week and a half, two weeks or so. And so that, that just kind of shows you that, look, just because the season started and people are getting vaccinated, we're not fully there yet. So obviously there are some, some concerns, but they already did get through a shortened season with COVID going on. So I'm still pretty confident they can get through one uh, that's 162. Yeah, we, we know that they're, they're full steam ahead. I mean, that's not that's not in question at all. Major League Baseball, much like the NFL and the NBA and all these sports leagues, they want to get this all worked out. And so they're going to say, OK, if we need to reschedule games, we're going to reschedule games. If we're going to we need to play double headers, we're going to play double headers. We're going to get a season and hopefully things get better here as more and more people get vaccinated. Hopefully we can get more and more people in the stands. Once that all happens, Josh, what do you expect from the Nationals? this season once they actually do get to have an opening day? Uh, I expect a, a big celebration just because the Nationals, Peter, they have not had fans at Nats Park since Game 5 of the 2019 World Series. Nationals mm. fans have not been able to celebrate their champions yet, and although the entire championship team, many pieces of that are gone, they can still celebrate that. Now they had a bad season last year, and they want to get back on track. Uh, they made a lot of moves this offseason, but they're in a loaded National League, especially National League East, which is one of the best, it is the best division in baseball with the Mets, the Braves, Phillies, the Marlins, Marlins made the playoffs last year. So they've got a great star, uh, two stars in Trey Turner, Juan Soto, good pitching staff, uh, but they face an uphill climb when it comes to making the playoffs and reaching that peak that they made in, uh, in 2019. Coming up, how do you replace Roy Williams? The cue of the day is next. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar, for a while now. Built Bar is this amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber protein bar. But, and and trust me, I didn't believe it at first either until I actually tried them. They taste delicious. Delicious. It is the protein bar that truly does taste like a candy bar. And it is no longer March. But the madness is still here with Built Bar Madness. Go to BuiltBar.com or Built underscore Bar on Twitter and let us know your favorites. We got a bracket going, so go check it out. And a lot of you have tried it. I've heard from a lot of you that, that you're liking them and that you want new flavors to try. I was just talking to someone about it yesterday. Hey, what's the next flavor I should try? And I gave them my advice. The answer is always coconut brownie 
Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. You could be forgiven for thinking it was an April Fool's joke. After more than 30 years in coaching, Roy Williams has decided to retire as head coach of the North Carolina men's basketball team. Joining me now, Candace Cooper from Locked on Tar Heels and Locked on ACC. And Candace, we're talking about a coach who has been to nine Final Fours, three national titles. He's been the coach of the year by the AP poll twice. And yet there are still going to be people who say he should have won more. He should have won more, especially at Kansas. What do you think Roy Williams' legacy ultimately will be? I think his legacy is going to be how he was a man about the Carolina people. He is a guy who has helped save so many scholarships, right? So many opportunities for student athletes beyond just the basketball court. I think that's what he really, you know, the Chapel Hill family is going to be remembered for. But of course, you know, being people who have won national championships, excellence is the standard. So we're used to seeing our banners hang high. So anything less than, we're going to be frustrated. We're going to be like, listen, Roy, I don't know what you didn't do with those timeouts, but I'm sure you want them back now. And seeing the press conference today and hearing him say that he felt like he was no longer the right man right man for the job was kind of disappointing because you're just like, damn, not this Roy Williams, not the one who has done everything for this program and then some beyond what we might ever know and how he's really helped these guys. So I really think that if anything, now is the time to pour into him and just really thank him for all the memories he's created for us, right? I now have the Franklin Street memories because of Roy Williams and his coaching style and ability to pour into some really elite players. And so I'm forever grateful for all the times I got to see my first national championship in high school, you know, as I was at nationals, you know, cheering for in the 05. And then I got to see it full fledged in real life on Franklin street in 09. And I was actually working at Carolina in 2017. So I've seen all three. So it's been a different, you know, memory for me and experience, but I think Roy's legacy when it all boils down to it, is just a thank you for the memories. Thank you for the experiences that you've allowed us all to have. This is going to be as coveted a job that has come up in a long time. So is there any early indication about what the succession plan might look like? Are there candidates that you think are going to be clamoring for this job? What's next now? That's a great question. You know, I honestly don't know who is going to be the next person, but if I had to guess and throw some names that I've heard out there, it'll be Wes Miller. Um, he's done a lot with UNTG and really brought that program ahead. We've also seen Hubert Davis, who's been right beside Roy for this 
good bit of time and learned how to kind of carry the torch. I think that's a lot of people are arguing that maybe Jerry Stackhouse or Rasheed Wallace, if we're going to keep it in the family, I think Jerry hasn't won enough in the SEC quite yet, but Hey, why not try at your alma mater to get wins? We've seen the success of Juwan Howard, of course. So of course we want to feel like we can just repeat. That's what college basketball seems to be. I saw some crazy ones, you know, Rasheed Wallace. I'm like, I don't know if Rasheed (laughs) is the greatest man for this, but I do think whoever gets that, nod is going to have some big shoes to fill i'm nervous for them but i'm also excited because you get a clean slate you can know you can go nowhere but up because these two last two years were a little bit difficult and finally draymond green had some thoughts on women in sports and how they discuss inequality i'm really tired of seeing them complain about the lack of pay because they're doing themselves a disservice by just complaining, you know, and they're not and, just complaining, huh? They're, they're not just complaining, really. But they are because they're not laying out steps that they can take to change that, and so it, it's coming off as a complaint because the people that can change it, they're just going to continue to say, "Well, the revenue isn't there. The revenue isn't there. So if you don't bring in the revenue." We can't up your pay. They're going to keep using that. But the reality is, as true as that is, it's an excuse. Because everyone says, we support women. We support women empowerment. We support women in the workplace. We, we do this for women. We do X for women, blah, blah, blah. And everyone uses it to their advantage. Yet these women are not using these people that are saying those very things to their advantage. So then it just becomes a complaint that falls on deaf ears. I think Draymond Green is trying to help here, but I don't think it's helping. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets, download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on Monday, the women's NCAA tournament will crown a champion and we'll get you ready for the men's championship game. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.